a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. There has for some time now, uh, since the results of the presidential election really became clear, the conversation of what does the Republican Party look like in a post-Trump era? What will January 3rd, 4th, 5th and beyond uh, look like for Republicans? Who will emerge uh, as the leader? Will Donald Trump himself uh, you know, remain at the head of the party, so to speak, in terms of, uh, you know, setting the tone and, uh, you know, looking even further down the road to 2024, you know, to wrap up the conversation that we've been having for the past half hour or so, uh, may he even be the 2024 Republican nominee to go up against whoever the Democrats put up, be it Joe Biden again, or as some have speculated, maybe Senator Harris, who knows? Well, uh, there is a Utahan who would like to be at the table having conversations about this very thing. And it is someone you have heard plenty of times before on this program. And that is uh, Bruce Huff, uh, who joins me now uh, of Utahan on the Republican National Committee, uh, would like to see himself occupying the number two position for the Republican National Committee. Uh, Mr. Huff, sir, how are you doing? Doing great, Lee. How are you? I'm all right. Pleased to be speaking with you. Uh, t- tell me, what are you hope up you to? A, hope you had a hope, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Everybody is safe and uh, healthy. Everyone thus far has emerged healthy. Uh, everything's wonderful. Little baby Piper took her first steps on Thanksgiving Day. Happy to report, oh, lots of gosh. lots of excitement on my end. Uh, a seminal day indeed. Then Thanksgiving and. Uh, Huge milestones in a in a new child's uh, first steps. That's yeah, there great. was some serious baby proofing around the house that night. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what uh, what what you're up to. What would you like to see for yourself, and what do you have planned? Should you assume this number two leadership position? Uh, yeah, so this was sort of an interesting uh, time. There were a number of people who were asking uh, if I would be interested in running for the chairmanship of the Republican National Committee, and. And I was giving it some thought, and then all of a sudden, uh, President Trump tweeted out, hey, Ronna, McDaniel's running for chairman again, and I'm supporting her 100%, and good luck, and all the rest. And so that was that sort of um, precluded that, that idea. Uh, and so those same people said, well, you should run for co-chair then, because we really need a member in, in the, uh, the second seat, if we can, especially in a cycle where we do not have the White House. Uh, just to kind of explain the inside uh, politics of what goes on, the Republican National Committee really just has one fundamental job, and everything else is sort of an, is an adjunct to it. And that job is that we hold a fair and impartial um, convention that nominates a candidate to be president of the United States, representing the ideals and, and the platform of our party. 
and that's our job. And that, and we're like the board of directors of the Republican Party. We we are, I think, have a fiduciary duty specifically to create a, an environment where uh, all comers are treated equally and fairly in that process. So uh, my concern was um, that in the post-Trump era, as you as you put it, um, can we, even if he decides that he maybe he announces this the end of December that he's or on or on the inauguration day do, of Joe do Biden? You, do you anticipate you know, that? that is, is that a is that a possibility? It's yeah, it's a total possibility. And and look, let me just be real clear about this. I am a huge, huge fan of the policies and legislation that occurred during President Trump's four years. He accomplished, and I mean, it, it, I mean, look. As an objective observer, if if you're honest about what actually occurred, so much occurred in four years. It's like having an eight-year term. He he jammed a lot into four years, and I, I mean I couldn't be more pleased with tax legislation and federal courts and the Supreme Court and and uh, criminal justice criminal reform justice and uh, some of the work he's done in foreign relations, uh, especially. So. You look at that and you go, okay, I would love to have seen a repeat of that. I'd like to see another four years of that kind of activity where we get a lot done and it really moves the country in the right direction. Um, that said, uh, unless a small miracle occurs, uh, he's not going to be in the White House. And, you know, if that's the case, then the party goes back to what it does when we don't have the White House, and that is you run your own show. When the president is in the White House, he says, hey, here's who I'd like to be the chairman, and we all raise our hand and say, I And, and uh, this time he even said, here's who I'd like to be in the co-chair position, and everyone raised their hand and said, I. Well, that's not happening this time, um, unless, unless, of course, some miracle happens and he stays in the White House. But as I see it, uh, if we are going to be back to the normal operations of a party, we have to be extraordinarily diligent that we are impartial and fair in the process leading up to the 2024 uh, presidential nomination. And uh, to do that, I think uh, it helps to have somebody in there who understands how the party operates, but also has other experiences that uh, can help the party be run professionally and and uh, successfully. And who is committed to the neutrality of the party. Mm. And I, I did, I would be candid with the audience. So I, I had this conversation with uh, Chairman McDaniel, who has done a great job. Uh, I mean, our down ticket uh, activity in, in the party has been terrific. Nobody thought we'd take 13 additional seats in the House, for example. I mean, there's a lot of good that's happened in this country, down ticket, that uh, we can be proud of. And and I was a little surprised that she was going to run, but she did, and she's got the votes to be reelected, and and she's decided to be neutral in the co-chairman's position, and and uh, and has indicated that if I were elected, that we could work together and and welcome me to the race. So uh, that's where we are. And again, her commitment to neutrality and impartiality was important for me to uh, give her support. So uh, she guaranteed that and promised it. So I'm holding her to her um, her word on that, and I, I believe she'll she'll do just that. In fact, she just announced uh, yesterday that at our, our winter meeting where we're going to have our elections, that she's invited, you know, a dozen um, 
presidential hopefuls to come and, and address our, our committee um, to kind of demonstrate that neutrality and impartiality. Can you give me any of those names? Who are those hopefuls? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a whole list. I mean, you've got everybody from um, uh, Tim Scott. You've got uh, you've got the um, uh, former uh, I, I'm, I'm now you've got Rick Scott actually okay. out of out of uh, you've got uh, the governor of uh, Texas, Abbott. You've got um, uh, Nikki Haley. You've got you just I mean, I, you could go, you know, uh, Marco Rubio. I mean, there's you you would know the names as yeah, well yeah. as I would just. There's a, there's a lot of people who are interested in it. Certainly Mike Pence is in that list and, and others. And candidly, the president's in that list because if the president wants to run, then, you know, he should yeah. do what he would do, which is, you know, show up and, and be heard and, and do it. And so that'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting uh, process. Senator Romney's name on that list? Uh I didn't see that name on the list. Um, I, I think President Romney has indicated, or, or uh, uh, Senator Romney has indicated that he didn't have a desire to to uh, run for presidential office again. So maybe he's self precluded in that. I'm not sure. I see. Uh, I, if he's interested, he certainly would be welcome. I'm sure to to participate. Sure. Uh, we've been speaking with Bruce Huff, who right now is in a race to occupy the number two spot of the Republican National Committee. Uh, Bruce, sir, good luck to you, and thank you for your time. Well, thank you. Thanks, Lee. Have a good day. You do the same. We're going to take a quick break. When we return here, I'm late for the commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about executive orders and something that I have termed the presidential pendulum, something that comes as a result of presidents exerting executive power uh, to the, you know, to the great consternation of their successor. A subsequent executive action undoes everything. That can cause problems year after year. We're going to get into that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.